It is time for Radio Salon. We're going to focus this week on the U.S. presidential elections and Vice President, now President-elect Joe Biden, defeating the incumbent President Donald Trump. Uh, let me introduce our panelists uh, once again here in the studio. Independent legal researcher from Laquant LLC, Professor Cheng Huang. Good morning to you. Morning, Henry. And also joining us from Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies, research fellow, Dr. Pong Yong-sik. Dr. Pong, good morning to you. Good morning. All right. Well, so the election uh, for all intents and purposes now is over in the sense that we have a winner. Uh, it is, uh, it is uh, probably very appropriate that uh, the, uh, the big state involved was the state that you used to reside in, Pennsylvania. That was really the tipping point state that uh, once it was called, everyone decided that that uh, meant the election was over. It also meant that uh, in terms of being a fellow alumni of the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Trump, as a former alumni of the uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, your sambe, as we could say, uh, your university sambe did lose. So con- uh, condolences on that aspect that uh, your alumni did not win re-election. But overall, all kidding aside, what were your thoughts on this election? Um, the crowd spoke uh, that the United States under the uh, Trump administra- administration for the past four years uh, has not uh, created the kind of a country that they are proud of. At least uh, over 75 million U.S. voters uh, spoke that message, on, although uh, another um, you know, 71 million uh, decided to keep the same leadership in the White House for another four years. Mm. So that shows the, how divided and turbulent the American society must be. So healing and uh, uniting the American society is a top priority for obvious reasons for the new administration. Yeah, and that's a very important point, Professor Huang, because um, I think a couple of weeks ago, we, we were all here in the studio, and we're talking about my Los Angeles Dodgers and how uh, they were trying. Oh, thank Henry. you. Thank you very I much. Have they have a chance to say that. They won the World Series, but um, right after the World Series, Justin Turner ended up <laughs> showing that he tested positive. I mean, he infected, I think right now, as it sounds like, at least nine members of the Dodgers organization. So it feels like that's a similar sentiment that you're seeing in the U.S., where the Democrats are happy that Joe Biden won, but just like I was happy that the Dodgers won, it kind of felt a little crappy afterwards <laughs> with the, the whole controversy with Justin Turner. I think for the way the returns came in and Florida being first and that uh, being a disappointment that Trump ended up winning that, it, there does seem to be still among the sense um, with people who did want Trump out of office a level of dissatisfaction, and it kind of alludes to the point that Trump actually increased the number of people who supported him, meaning four more years of racism, of locking up kids at cages, separating them from their parents, of uh, this disastrous foreign policy, this uh, even more disastrous COVID-19, um, COVID-19 pandemic response, and this economic recession um, larger than at any point besides the Great Depression, that over 70 million people, uh, close to 48% of the country, said we would want four more years of that. Yeah, and um, frankly, you know, I'm also at loss about you know what President-elect Biden can actually do to fool such people into the, into the fold. In the, in the sense that it seems that you know that 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 large percentage of the 71 million that you refer to kind of reside in a reality that is not really in the same reality that you know perhaps Henry, you and I actually mm. live in, mm. and you know they. I guess they, you know, uh, believe tr- President Trump when they say it's, you know, all fake news and, you know, everything you hear from the mass media is basically fake and only thing they can trust is the things that their friends share on Facebook or uh, Twitter. 
So those people, as you say, that live in a different reality uh, really kind of holds true. Everyone had joked about Trump's um, almost seems like a century ago where he made that controversial statement that I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and probably get away with it with my supporters. Pretty much the case. I mean, he, he if, if you want to make a very morbid analogy, he shot almost 250,000 of his fellow Americans with that disastrous COVID-19 response, if we're talking about the death count with the pandemic, uh, that it didn't matter to those voters. And those voters right now, uh, if we look at their reactions uh, through social media and uh, through media reports, they do not accept that this election actually happened the way that it is. And they do not accept this conclusion that Biden is the next president of the United States. That's right. And you know, as we speak, the COVID-19 cases and death rates are all actually spiking up in the United States. But just a few days before the election, it was Trump himself who promised that you know, talk about COVID-19 will miraculously disappear after election. But you know, it's actually t- turning out to be the top and most immediate challenge that President-elect Biden will face. Do you, you mentioned the, the people who, uh, of course, are still strongly opposed to Biden and are firmly in support of uh, Trump right now. Are you worried about the instability that might ensue in the United States in terms of uh, violent clashes or even certain po- prominent politicians or allies of Trump saying that they're never going to accept this uh, election in a democratically, con- supposedly um, foremost dem- democracy of the world? Not at all. You're not worried? No. Because uh, Trump is uh, out there, cut and dry, with uh, support coming from the Republican Party. Although his son, uh, Eric uh, Trump, uh, sent a warning message to the Republican Party members that where are the Republicans, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, people will not forget if you stand up to support the president uh, in this, quote-unquote, fraud election. But it is a responsibility for the Trump campaign team to pro- provide uh, substantial evidence about the election frauds beyond reasonable doubt to the court. And there are already two cases in uh, Michigan and Georgia that the court declined to actually you know, accept the other uh, petition because uh, the uh, Trump campaign team uh, failed to provide the reasonable reasons uh, beyond, um, you know. So we, we will see a series of the uh, rejections uh, by the courts to actually accept the petitions by the Trump campaign uh, legal teams. And it seems like the Trump campaign team, compared to the Bush uh, campaign team in 2000 election, which was decided by less than 700 votes in the state of Florida, so that 25 electorates assigned to the state of Florida went to George W. Bush, and the rest, rest was history. But compared to the very organized and effective uh, campaign to secure that uh, electoral votes in the state of Florida in 2000, which was uh, Hmm. Uh, under the directive of the former Secretary of State, J- James Baker, with a fascinating legal team. Yeah. Um, three of the members who defended George W. Bush votes in the Florida include three current... John Roberts, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, right? Correct. You took the words out of mouth. Then why did you invite me to join this program? <laughs> then why don't you just run the show yourself? We're just trying to move along here. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, but uh, basically, the Trump yeah. campaign team is just flaring. Wait, um, yeah, no. yeah. So, but that doesn't cut. That doesn't cut. The question is, this Republican Party, uh, you mentioned the elites basically moving away now and saying that we've got to call it Mitt Romney, uh, George W. But, but the, the question, I think, still remains, which party does this party belong to? Is it Trump's party or is it still belonging to Trump the elites? Never, Trump has never owned the Republican Party. They just use each other yeah. for their benefits. And uh, 
If uh, the Republican Party members uh, stand by Trump and lose their case, uh, mm-hmm. election result will be solidified. Then they will put themselves in the more difficult situation because um, okay. you know that, that there will be a new election on January 5th to elect both seats in the uh, Senate mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia. Because right. uh, this time, the, uh, uh, the election to elect one member of the Senate in the state of Georgia uh, was called off because uh, neither candidate succeeded in winning more than 50% of the popular vote. So if the Republican Party will lose the mandate and popular support because they stood by, stand by Donald Trump, then there's a chance that they lose both seats in the state of Georgia for Senate election. Then the Senate may... Uh, be belong to the Democratic Party with a 48 to 48 tie. Yeah. Then you allow the Democratic Party to own not only the White House, not only the House of Representatives, but also the Senate. It's a blue wave completed. Do you want this situation if you're Republican Party members? I see what you're saying. And so what they're going to do is try to salvage their losses and then at least maintain one of the houses of Congress with Georgia. Uh, It's going to be a tall task, I think, for the Democrats to try to win both of those seats, especially in a non-presidential uh, election setting and the intensity of what typically is. No, 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 is no, no, a... no, no, no. There is a possibility. If sure, the sure. situation gets worse for the Republican Party, right? Right, right. Um, it's just very hard to gauge the electorate itself. The people who are voting Republican, are they voting for the Republicans because they, they have Republican values or because they like Trump? And I'm not sure uh, how uh, stable that is. But as a legal expert yourself, Professor Huang, the legal strategy that Trump has employed to a layperson like myself doesn't seem to make a lot of sense in, in terms of there is this idea Stop the count on on certain places. Continue the count in places like Arizona and and Nevada. Uh, But at the same time now, because of the fact that these legal challenges, even if they win, aren't going to change. It doesn't seem like they're going to change the actual overall result of this election, which means Biden wins the Electoral College. Uh, Do they have any recourse right now? And uh, I think it seems like a lot of Trump's aides realize the writing is on the wall. The question is, does Trump himself realize that? Well, uh, it's hard to tell, right? I mean, is he deluding himself or is he just trying to put up some kind of public image before he goes out? You know, do keep in mind that if he, you know, once he goes out, he can still run in 2024. So is he actually looking that far ahead? Or are, you know, sort of people around him sort of looking and see, hey, I might get an actual chance for 2024. And actually that sort of gives, uh, you know, reasons for why, you know, certain Republicans are actually very forceful in the, you know, public media. Media sort of defending Trump and questioning uh, the election results, such as Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham. You know, many of the others are kind of quiet, but those two have come kind of been very forceful in their appearances with media. And I probably think that they're actually looking at you know 2024 Republican right. nominations right now already. So, but legally speaking, you're saying there is really no outlet that you see. I mean, you don't have, you're not privy to what they have in terms of internal documents. You don't see any path for them to actually win the election legally speaking. Right. I mean, you know, g- given the lawsuits they have filed so far, is you know, there's no really, you know, kind of overwhelming fraud story that they can tell. And also, they seem to be pretty, you know, you know, disarray. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw over the weekend the, the kind of <laughs> the press so... <laughs> presser that you, you, yeah. uh, that, that they, they held. For those of you who haven't saw it, at first it looked like you know President Trump announced that they're going to have a you know legal strategy in a press uh, press conference at you know a posh hotel called Four Seasons Hotel in Philadelphia. It turns out they actually held 
held it in a, in a parking lot of, uh, you know. Cold, it was called Four Seasons Landscaping, and it was apparently next right. to a, uh, a, an adult uh, paraphernalia shop. And a cremation place as well, which is about 11 miles to the northeast of Philadelphia, and which is in a kind of really downtrodden yeah. industrial park. And people are still wondering, why did they choose that place except for the fact that they shared the Four Seasons? I think that's kind of emblematic of the, the legal effort that's mm. that is going on in the Trump campaign. Uh, Professor Pong, any other issues you want to raise that you think are pertinent right now? Do you want to talk about South Korea um, uh, foreign relations or do you want to talk about more of the uh, internal situation with uh, the U.S. and COVID-19 and what they have to do to try to uh, recover? What, what, what uh, topic do you think uh, you'd like to tackle? Well, let's uh, deal with uh, Korea-U.S. relations okay. and uh, North Korea because um, I'm slightly concerned that the messages expressed by the uh, political parties in South Korea and the Blue House uh, tend to just focus on um, security issues on the Korean Peninsula and the U.S.-Korea alliance, which are enormously important. It will remain important under any leadership in the United States. You think both sides are too focused on this? No, no, only Korean side is focused on no, I mean, on the conservative issues. and liberal right, sides right. are both focused on but, this. But uh, that's not what the Biden administration is going to focus on or the American voters would be very much interested in. Supporting, uh, because the reason why Joe Biden won the election um, is uh, COVID-19 outbreak and the uh, Trump administration's uh, failure to cope with it. So uh, you got to talk about the issues that are of mutual interest. At least it, it will be interesting to the other side. And if if you are uh, talking only about North Korea or the uh, security conditions on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, Korean Peninsula peace process, then you will get the deaf ears uh, from the United States. So I don't think it is uh, uh, very effective uh, for the members of the Foreign Relations Committee in the National Assembly to make official visit to, you know, get to know, uh, meet and greet with uh, Joe Biden administration members to talk about security issues. But uh, the Moon Jae-in government uh, might be better off by sending members from the uh, you know, team who has been dealing with economic yeah, and uh, prevention uh, uh, you know, policies of the COVID-19 outbreak in South Korea, because South Korea mm. is a very successful case with a K-prevention. you know, prevention. So you got to talk about something that, that is of mutual interest. You got to send a message that you are confident with. You got to uh, send a team who can explain the the successful case of the South Korea coping with the COVID pandemic, then you will have very eager ears from in Washington. So you, you have to meet at least some members of the COVID-19 uh, prevention task force, which will be assembled on coming Monday by the uh, President-elect Joe Biden. So it is time for Moon Jae-in government to send medical experts and government officials who have been dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak rather than security yeah. experts or the members of the you know, National Assembly. I think it's interesting that they could present their case uh, of how successful uh, Korea was, maybe benchmark what uh, Korea has done. Uh, like you're saying, I think send Jung Eun-kyung instead of Kwang Kyung-hwa could be more effective. My argument would be that 
the U.S. has plenty of experts that know the right way. Fauci is probably there's nothing that Anthony Fauci knows that Chung Ung doesn't. Would, would just, they Fauci, were not able to would, implement the policies right, that they would, were would and, under Fauci the Trump administration. Would Dr. Fauci be more interesting meeting? Madam Secretary Kang Kyung-hwa or the members of sure, National Assembly sure. as opposed to medical experts and the government officials who has been in charge of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, right, responses. Right. The, the, Although the, I have a tremendous respect for all members of National Assembly. Right, as, as a potential future uh, candidate for the National Assembly, <laughs> that is the, the prudent uh, path to go forward. I, Professor Huang, in your view uh, with the South Korean relations, I, there's some strange things going on here because I get a lot of uh, texts bombarded from, like, say, relatives in the, in the U.S., um, very conservative Christian evangelical communities who kind of echo the same, this is a fraud, Trump is divined, you know, by God ordained to, to become the president and we can't accept Biden as president. And then you see like the far left also saying, well, Trump would be the preferable president because he can get a deal done with, with North Korea. And it's just kind of disturbing because you might have a preference of a candidate, but you want the president that is the democratically elected president of that country, not just who you prefer, just because it might not go the way that uh, Korea has with whatever their personal interests on, both on the extreme right or on the extreme left. Do you agree that South Korea uh, does have uh, some um, adjustments needed in their strategy and how to approach the Biden administration? Well, I mean, personality-wise, you couldn't have a more contrasting style, you know, yeah. with the Trump presidency versus Biden presidency. I mean, I think Biden presidency will be, you know, follow at least maybe it's just kind of my backward thinking, but I think it will be pretty similar to Obama presidency. Mm-hmm. Maybe without the uh, the kind of racial backlash that coming f- coming from the Republicans, perhaps just. Because you know Biden yeah. is an old white guy. Uh, at the same time, you know, uh, with respect to North Korea, I think there has to be a kind of a drawn out negotiation process at the working level, and which then Trump never seemed to be interested in. Mm. I mean, I, I think that there should be some process, kind of similar to the Iran deal that took place. I mean, I, I, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm not really even sure it's really up to the United States about the, the way going forward with North Korea. Does I mean, I guess my question is, does Kim Jong Un even want? Any kind of a deal, you know, yeah. sort of. I mean, it seems that what he wants is a, he, to be recognized as a nuclear power while having ev- all the sanctions lifted, and that's just is going to be a you know, non-starter with right. you know, any any president in the United States. And the, Trump sus- the suspicion being that Kim Jong Un, the reason why he was engaging with Trump was that he thought there was a slight opening that there could be a deal done without taking the nuclear weapons. Off the table is, is what well, you're saying. Well, basically, they, they, yeah. he probably thought that with Trump, he, he could probably pull all over you know, Trump's head. And uh, right. clearly, that wasn't really, uh, that was going to be a non-starter. Dr. Bong, as a longtime observer of uh, all of these uh, foreign relations and, um, you know, dating back, and I don't want to um, kind of reveal your age so publicly, but, you know, you've, you've gone through the George W. Bush presidency. You've gone through the eight years of the Obama presidency. And so you've seen figures like, Clinton, but more importantly, right now, the president-elect Joe Biden, uh, what Professor Huang is saying is that there's a continuity there, even from, I guess, eight years of George W. Bush through eight years of Obama and then this uh, four-year interruption of Trump, but Biden represents that sort of uh, so-called mainstream view of foreign policy from the U.S. perspective. From what you've observed with Biden over the years, what kind of president do you think, what kind of man do you think he is? Well, I mean, according to his uh, victory uh, speech, um, he is focused on restoring America's uh, credibility in world affairs and the uh, character of the United States as a decent you know, country. So if you extend that uh, you know, 
mandate expressed by President-elect Joe Biden, then the U.S. foreign policy will be back on multilateralism and the promotion of respect for basic human rights, like uh, protection of women uh, and uh, minorities. Um, so I pay attention to, uh, you know, Professor uh, Samantha Powers, uh, who is the other uh, uh, superstar in the Democratic camp uh, and serve as a United States uh, ambassador to the United Nations uh, as a successor to Susan Rice, uh, who is going to be a big part of the foreign policy team for President-elect uh, Joe Biden. If uh, you are going to hear her name, Samantha Powers, more often, and if Samantha Powers is going to be working for the Joe Biden administration, then U.S. foreign policy will be really, really emphatic on human rights. Yeah. Then the, that will make a reverberation effect on how the United States, under the new administration, is going to approach North Korea. Final thoughts from the U.S. political perspective then, Professor Huang. Uh, Democrats not getting everything they wanted. The Republicans now have some serious questions at what direction they want their party to go, stay with Trumpism or go back to the mainstream uh, way of things. How do you foresee everything unfolding over the next few months or years? Well, given sort of the uh, overperformance, meaning that you know Trump managed to win, you know nearly seven million more votes compared to four years ago, I think I don't think Trumpism is going away. I think you know the, the various Republican politicians will kind of vie to be kind of the successor to that Trumpism in come four years time. I think the big uh, kind of a wild card would be what does Trump himself do? I mean, it's theoretically possible that he could run again in 2024, and that would actually probably right. uh, put a big uh, wrench into everything. Assuming that he does not uh, get prosecuted for some of these crimes without the, the uh, veneer of presidential immunity anymore. So that's also going to be a factor. I mean, he can pardon himself. Yes, he can. And so people are watching over the next 70 days whether that actually happens. Uh, I want to thank both of our panelists for joining us, uh, Dr. Bong, Professor Huang. Always a pleasure. We're going to have to end things here. We have Life Abroad with Nassim Young coming up next. Please stay tuned for that. We'll see you again tomorrow. My name is Henry Shin. Enjoy the rest of your day. Goodbye.